I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Creeps, the creepy but... <laughs> this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Smerlin. Smerlin, everybody. Chris, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just... I'm losing this. I don't know what is happening to this intro. I'm yeah. going to leave well, it all we in. we are, in a way, losing Merlin. We are losing Merlin in a very significant way in this episode. Uh, welcome back. We are continuing our Season 5 coverage. This is Part 1 of the two-part finale, so this podcast is almost over. Uh-oh. Yeah. That, that only... We've, we've talked about it privately. We've talked about it on the podcast. It was only getting ready to watch this episode that I realized, oh, wow. It's really coming to an end. This is this is you know what's supernatural. It was so long, and it was part of our lives for such a long time because we watched it for you know for many many years. That that you could feel the ending coming. Like it was like holy shit, it's upon us. But Merlin, it just feels like it just came. It came so quick, you know. And mm-hmm. it's a, only five seasons, so it's it, that's part of it. But it's just like suddenly we're here, and I can't believe it. And the tone shift for this final episode. Uh, or penultimate episode, I guess. Uh, but it's a it's a two parter of a single long longer mm-hmm. episode, so it feels like the final episode. The shit, the tone shift is so powerful that it's like, whole, wow, we are at the end. It's dramatic, yeah. Uh, before we get into uh, big things, <laughs> I don't know, Chris. I can't speak today. I don't know what's going on. I cannot. It's I can't, all right. I'm all unable right. to we'll communicate. We'll find our way. Before we get to the main part of the episode, let's thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week because they give us money in exchange for cool benefits like our Discord server or episodes early or just the knowledge that they're cool people supporting other cool people doing cool shit. So that's fun. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Chris, remind whatever remind everybody what's been happening on Merlin. What has been happening last time on Merlin? After encountering a love from his old life, Mordred's allegiances are torn between the druid freedom fighter Kara and King Arthur. When Kara, or Kara, I don't know, when Kara is arrested for attacking the king, Merlin and Mordred both beseech Arthur to give her another chance. And though the king eventually listens to his friends, it is too little, too late, and Kara refuses to admit defeat and instead is brought to the gallows. This pushes Mordred over the edge once and for all, and as he flees from Camelot, journeys to Morgana, and at long last reveals the true identity of the one called Emrys. We are covering Merlin, Season 5, Episode 12, The Diamond of the Day, Part 1, which was written by Jake Mishi and directed by Justin Molotinikov. This aired on December 22nd, 2012. High in the mountains, Morgana prepares for war with a vengeful Mordred at her side. Merlin feels the weight of his destiny like never before as the ancient prophecies play out with terrifying accuracy. Yet before he can save Camelot, he must save himself. Uh, I meant to say this at the top of the episode, but we are doing a feedback episode. So if you guys want to uh, send us stuff in, you can do that. Uh, get us on Twitter. You can um, record audio of yourself and send it to us, I guess. I don't know what people are doing nowadays. Like, hit us up on Tumblr. We have a Tumblr, Monster of the Week podcast. I'm reasonably active on the Tumblr. I've just discovered how to see Ask over there on my iPhone. Wow. So I found an I found an Ask that was like 27 years old. So fun stuff Oops. happening all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. Um yeah, this episode is a real. You, you mentioned that tone shift, like it's um, it's not readily apparent, uh, but it's it gets extremely dramatic, and I feel like there's almost it feels like there's almost like a time difference between the last episode and this one, even though I know that there's not. Like we we we're pretty we're pretty just everybody i guess everybody's about to cry in this episode at all times yeah. <laughs> like if they're if they're on camelot side they're about to cry at every speech including me like everybody was yes. crying all the time 
it feels like a goodbye, like in every other scene. And that's a lot to deal with. Um, and it, this in some ways feels like the culmination of like all of the character growth where maybe sometimes they rushed there or maybe sometimes they brushed over things or, or lingered a little bit too long on familiar tropes that we kind of just stuck around with these, this episode, I can't speak for the actual final episode. I haven't seen it yet, but this feels like the the culmination of, of the growth of this is where these characters were always going to end up. Even if we've maybe jumped forward a little bit for some of them, just th- these moments, everybody feels like they've come full circle in some way or, mm-hmm. or come to, to a point where like they have reached the end of their journey. Um, we see Gwen for me, something about her. I was like, she's the queen now. Like yeah. the way she was acting, you know, there's been this little like dissonance between like the Gwen we used to know and the Gwen we have now. And they've kind of underutilized her. We had a weird subplot. Um, but the way she acted in this episode, I thought this is, this is queen Guinevere. Um, and Arthur, even through some of his, like, his, you know, the trouble he faces, I was just thought this is, this is King Arthur. Uh, even guys kind of stepped up to the plate. We got to see Gwen. Um, so it just felt like this is where we were wanted to go with these characters. Maybe we couldn't always follow the path that we wanted to, but here we are at the end. Yep. It's, uh, this, it's feeling really good, Chris. And I, you know, we we talked about this ahead of time because we knew it was a two-parter, and uh, we're recording these fairly back-to-back, like the plan is to record today and then the day after tomorrow, um, just because I'd, I had an inkling that as soon as you watch this episode, you'd be like, I have got to see part two. I <laughs> like, can't there's, just leave it. There's I no, there's no way. I got I to gotta see what happens. I can't wait a week between this, these episodes, and sure enough, like they do a really good job with that. Um, let's start. So we our cold open is a hooded figure walking into Morgana's chamber. Uh, notably, Mordred has brand new threads. He's all gothed up to match yeah. his queen. Uh, feel like, like so, that's a pretty standard operational kind he's of thing. Out. He, let's, he's you know, tripped she, up. She dripped him out. Where'd you get the Black Air Force ones? We just got to know. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us yeah. more. Yeah, that's yeah. Arthur, they were the the Camelot editions, as we've discussed. The Camelot editions that have a tiny little uh, cloak over the back heel, just a little mm-hmm. bit. It doesn't touch the ground or nothing, but it's a little cloak. But the all Black Air Force ones, that's a statement piece. Mm-hmm. That's you know. You, every, everybody's heads are turning a little bit when they see him walk in the room. The cloak looks like a Morgana Balenciaga kind of collabo kind of situation. Oh, yeah. Gotta love oh, that. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling good yeah. about that. Uh, and in walks Ari, um, a magician or a sorcerer that I'm sure we've seen in episodes before who I just don't remember at all. Uh, and Morgana demands that he prove his talents to her by extinguishing some some fire. And he's like, ah, I'm not like an entertainer, man. Like yeah, I'm just. He starts by like juggling, and he's like, Is this what you? Is this is what you're talking about? Uh, and she's like, No, no, no. You, you're gonna have to do it. Uh, and he does it. He extinguishes some flames. Uh, and then here comes some servants with what I thought was the cock cock snake box. Yeah, the cock uh, box. Yeah, co- cock boxes. But but no, this one's even scarier. Ari uh, starts yeah. reacting to this uh, horribly desperate to get away from it as guards uh, grab him and force him down to his knees. And she begins to cast a spell as, uh, and at the end, a xenomorph jumps out and sticks to his face. Um, mm-hmm. This just looks like a, just a ball of goo essentially, which yeah, is I was fine. Like, what is this? I mean, I guess maybe it's supposed to be like sort of a leech, a leech yeah. that's instead mm-hmm. of sucking out his blood, as we find out in a mo- moment, it sucks out his magical power. Yep. Uh, he's not dead. Uh, he's just, just can't do magic anymore. And Mordred is like, Hey, that dude was really powerful and he was an ally. Like that seems like a, seems like a bad bet. And she's like, no, 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 this, I had to make sure this worked because this is how we're going to win the war. Uh, Arthur yeah, is nothing there, without Emrys and Emrys is nothing without magic. 
Yeah. There's this moment where you can see Mordred kind of winces at this. Maybe he hasn't gone full evil yet. I don't know what, if we're going to try and do anything with him. Um, because, you know, just yesterday he was a pal. <laughs> um, so it, I don't know. But because um, Morgana makes not only does she steal this man's magic, but after his magic is gone, she like embarrasses him by making him try and fail to cast magic once again to relight the flames that he put out just a few minutes ago um and that's kind of like insult to injury so Morgan's yep. like hmm, this is a little weird <laughs> but now they know they can beat emrys this is this is their game plan uh we get our intro and then we're gonna have uh two two things can kind of cut with one another uh the first is this hooded figure sneaking the uh eel box into camelot the alien yeah, box into doing, camelot doing some skulking and then finally after 60 something episodes uh we are finally finally seeing arthur and merlin in the tavern hanging yeah. out and drinking in fact, some beer for a moment i thought that the person sneaking around in the cloak was uh merlin and arthur like sneaking to the tavern because uh, like arthur is like oh i'm not supposed to go to the tavern because you know i'm the king i can't just be out here with but that obviously doesn't make any sense i just thought in my head oh that's funny they're sneaking arthur in so he can go play dice <laughs> i um you know this just seems like a weird dice game to me uh because it seems like the rules are you have to call the number and then score the number uh, which is really, really hard to do. And that's not how normal, mm-hmm. like, shooting dice on the block games work. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's either it's British rules or Camelot rules. It's, it's just Camelot. I think they were just like, we don't really yeah. care enough about this. But it's just, it's very funny. Like, there, there's this whole betting thing. Because, like, imagine being like, I'm going to bet $20,000 yeah, on betting <laughs> on chance. Like, you're betting on poker. Like, poker, it's like a game of strategy. <clears throat> But this, there's no strategy. It's luck well, and like, cheating on Merlin's part. And even like roulette or just like actual dice, like yeah. there's rules in, involved to give you some sort of like <laughs> odds of probability that you can kind of work yeah. off of. This just seemed to be like, I'm going to call a 12 and then roll the fucking dice and only Merlin can win because he's cheating yeah. constantly. How do you feel about Merlin <laughs> cheating, by the way? Is this... I don't... I In other circumstances, I'd be like, that's messed up, but it's against Arthur, so that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's that's It's just a little fine. payback. It's just payback in small ways. You know what I mean? We see Morgana soldier uh, sneaking further into the castle, getting to the lab where he sees Gaius just <laughs> just fell asleep eating his food like Gaius does. And uh, he picks up a rock. And even though we don't see, he's going to he's going to bash Gaius on the head with this rock. Uh, I honestly genuinely thought that they were about to kill Gaius in the last episode. And this was going to go uh, turn into like a like a revenge. I, was, I am surprised that we made it to the end of this episode without anyone dying. Same. I, I, I really genuinely feel like... Um, they were maybe just some, some like just a hesitancy to do that. Like they didn't want to kill any of their characters off, even some of the bad guys. Um, they just want to kill women and children that use magic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, if Luther's not responsible for it, it's not really fun for them, you know. I love this exchange between Arthur and Merlin because Arthur rolls the dice and misses, uh, and he blames it on Merlin coughing. And Merlin's like, "Yep, you got me. You got the, you got my strategy. I've, I'm just yeah. clearing my throat." Uh, uh, and then he wins again. Um, Merlin comes back to the lab. A little high, dude. A little, little, little fucked up. I love seeing yeah. Merlin a little drunk. It's just he's a little drunk. He's trying to close the door. He's way too loud about it. Immediately mm-hmm. trips over a stool. Um, <laughs> we don't. I think yeah, he falls down, but we don't see that Gaius is fucking on uh, the just floor. Just fucking or laid we see out, it. Merlin dude. does it, and then Merlin just d- collapses into bed and doesn't see the snake monster box under his uh, under his bed. Which I mean, to be fair. He probably wouldn't even if he wasn't drunk. Yeah, I, I don't check underneath my bed before I go to bed. But maybe I, he like, would have sensed it. You know, he would have been more alert. Um, but he does he does sense something because he kind of sits back up, and that's when the eel thing attacks. Uh, jumps on his face, 
um, and he's he's able to get it off of him, and it looks like he's about to get attacked again. And this time, uh, Gaius whaps it away with a um, like a I guess a shovel or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Gaius is like, yeah, this is definitely an attack from Morgana. By now, uh, Mordred probably told her who you were. So we, you know, all we can be thankful for is that this this attack didn't work. Uh, mm. And when Merlin reaches over to just be incredibly lazy and uses magic to get some water, which I feel like. I mean, I would definitely do, but also feels incredibly lazy. <laughs> like yeah. I've always said, if I was telepathic, like, I, I might just, I'm just never leave a chair. <laughs> I'm like, just levitate yeah. the chair to wherever I need to go. Um, <laughs> depending on how good you are, you could probably get your stream into the bathroom from the, you know what? Let's not, I think let's, so. not let's not I, talk yeah. about it. Well, let's not okay. talk about All it. Right. You know, I'm not a, right. I'm not a, what do they call that? An avatar, a, a water, um, water bender, a water bender. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, don't know until you try. Um, but yeah, this is where Merlin realizes, like, oh, whatever that thing just did to me, it must have worked because I can't use my magic. Um, and cut to guys hitting the books. You know, got to check the lore. Got to check the lore. Uh, and he he says that thing appears to be a Giancana. Didn't even something try along those lines. Didn't uh, even try. I tried to write out the pronunciation. Don't know if I nailed it or not. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a it's a slug creature that can steal your magic powers, and yep. unfortunately, it seems that it worked. And we crash cut here. Which they I've... had me for a second, by the way. I did think for one second that, oh, Gaius saved Merlin. Yeah. Um, Morgana is going to come to the battlefield and think that Mor- Merlin has been shut down. And it's going to turn out that she was wrong. And that's going to be the foil that gets her once again. But no, they got his ass. Got him. Uh, we crash cut to Morgana and Mordred standing in front of a burning castle. Uh, I love this shot a whole lot. It just looks fucking mm. sick as hell. Um, and they've got the, the barracks surrounded. And so it's time to, to really fuck them up. They, Mordred and Morgana joined hands, begin to cast a spell and a giant fireball just comes and blasts this place. Uh, Gwen is here. Uh, and he manages to save a maiden like he usually does. Uh, and then the maiden saves him right back, which is very fun. Uh, Leon is also here. Leon calls the retreat and they flee back no to maidens. Camelot. No maidens for no Leon. Maidens for <laughs> Leon the maidenless, as they like to call him. Uh, <laughs> Married they, to the job, you know? Married to the job. This looks pretty bad for Camelot. Like, this isn't Camelot's yeah. castle, but this is obviously, like, under their protection. And, and Morgana just fucking walked through it. Uh, they Everyone goes back to Camelot, where Gaius and Merlin are trying to treat everybody's wounds but there's just so many of them and it kind of clicks in a place like oh they got rid she she specifically got rid of merlin's magic so that she could plan a attack um, yeah uh i don't know if they mentioned it before but th- they do at a certain point they're like mordred obviously snitched to morgana merlin like yeah. it mm-hmm. was only a matter of time before she would try to do something like this uh merlin goes to treat the woman that Gwen saved this is yeah um, this is got he's feeling so helpless because he doesn't have his magic but guys is like you were still a pretty good physician you've been training at this for like six years now <laughs> like he, you ought to be pretty good so yeah he treats this woman her name is ira i believe mm-hmm. uh, or era i will say ira i'm gonna get confused if i don't um this is where I, so she, she they treat her she's doing good unfortunately here she learns that her family wouldn't have survived the attack and there seems to be some kind of connection between her and Gwen. they're kind of holding hands and i thought are they giving Gwen a girlfriend nope if so <laughs> that means he's going to die um that's but good yeah that's it turns good. out he's, he wasn't given a girlfriend so my, uh, my hopes are still high for my boy 
Um, Leon reports to the king. Um, they've got information that the Saxons are coming along with Morgana and sorcery. They've got a giant army. Uh, and Arthur's like, yeah, I, I have totally been expecting this. Like she's been building up her army this entire time. And Leon's like, okay, well let's, let's fucking batten down the hatches. Let's pull as many people as we can into the castle, shut it down and let them fucking starve themselves out in the countryside. And Arthur is like, absolutely not. Uh, I don't want to abandon anyone. Um, and Gwen here is like, Hey, you can't save everybody. And he's like, but we can try. Like he doesn't want to leave any of his of the people that he is supposed to protect for what he, for him is a sacred duty to protect these people, um, to just be left out there at the, um, just you know Mercy to be of Morgana, yeah. exactly to be killed by Morgana's army. Uh, so he says, "I've got an idea. Let's ride out through this passage, and then we're going to uh, meet them halfway, so that the battle happens over there and not over here, and thus sparing yeah. the populace. And they may be." You know, they may outnumber us, but like we can hold them to this passage. And as uh, Percival, who knows these mountains a little bit more than everybody, points out, this one is um, Camelin. Yeah. This one particular passage that's the narrowest. And of course, Merlin perks up because he's like, oh shit, that's where Arthur dies. Like, that, that's this is the, place the prophecy. For prophecy. Yeah. Um, um, there's a really good uh, speech here that Arthur gives talking about the values of uh, Camelot and, you know, mm-hmm. how, you know, we. I can't. I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's just Arthur has several good speeches throughout this whole thing. Yeah, he's 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 all speeched up in this one. Um, the only we quickly we, just to go back, Morgana forges a sword in Dragon's Fire for Mordred. Yes, uh, we're in trouble now. Um, so we find out about the passage, and then okay, so Merlin goes to talk with Gaius after he knows hundred percent there is not a chance in hell he's talking Arthur out of going to Camlin. Um. That's just not how Arthur is. So instead, he needs to do something to find a way to get his magic back. And this time, I'm glad that it wasn't like Gaius's idea. Like, oh, well, you know, there might be a place. Merlin, after everything with his own experiences, says, I'm going back to the Crystal Cave. That's the birthplace of magic. Um, it's in the Valley of the Fallen Kings. And this is where Gaius is like, bro, you can't go there. You can't defend yourself. If you had magic, you'd be fine. But that place is riddled with bandits. It's called the Valley of the Fallen Kings. I mean, come on. Uh, But he's like, oh, I'm not going to be going alone. And then cut over to Gwen. He's getting dressed, telling Ira that he has to go help his friend Merlin. You know, he he doesn't know what they're doing. He betted that maiden, bro. Gwen wastes no time. He's like, oh, your family's dead? Are those tears on your face? Why don't you let me make you feel a little bit better? Why don't you come up to my room? I'm going to practice a little piano on your body, and you'll feel all better. Family's dead, but hey, at least you got a couple of OGs out of the whole situation. It's crazy that they're just like, make sure that he's putting his shirt back on to imply a lot of things. He moves fast. But I like this. I like that he's he's willing to go with Merlin without really knowing the full plan. and And she's like, basically undressed too in Camelot terms right like she's yeah in Camelot terms yeah and weirdly and this is where you kind of feel like something's up with her she's like where are you going why are you going there it should have been obvious like Mm -hmm. I I kept thinking like Gwen is such a heartthrob and I know he's a real fan favorite so maybe they're just like well of course any woman would just be happy to go along with this right Uh, but no I that's it's clear that because I think that she was clearly just trying to get in his good graces as fast as possible uh, and let's be honest, Gwen's easy. Gwen's it's an easy, it's an easy ride, man. <laughs> I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. She tells Morgana yeah. later, <laughs> I would have done it for free. Um, we switch over to Merlin and Arthur for one of the most painful scenes in Merlin history. Oh, uh, Merlin has spread out all of Arthur's gear, and has, it's all polished and cleaned up in preparation for his ride to, uh, out to the battlefield tomorrow. 
or the next day and uh arthur immediately is like what is going on you're you're a terrible servant at the best of times like this is a really good like do you need money or time off and merlin's like nope i just need to have just wanted you to make just wanted to make sure that you have everything for your journey uh and merlin is like trying to stop arthur from making jokes and his his eyes are welling up in tears as he tries to say this and arthur is like what do you mean my journey and merlin has to lie again to his friend which i think is really frustrating uh because as as a viewer the constant lies between friends are really really frustrating to Mm -hmm. me and it's Mm -hmm. just i kind of just wish we were the the secret was out i know we're 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 not there like this is not the time nor place but like i just just making merlin it diminishes a character when they have to constantly lie to all of their best friends, regardless for the yeah. reason. And I wish he could even say like what he does to Gwen later, where he's like, I can't bring you with me. I have to yeah. do this alone. Please trust, trust me. me. And Gwen says, okay, I trust you. Uh, even though I wanted him to talk, tell Gwen, I understand that moment. And there's a bond there that we'll talk about then. But it, it, I wish that we had something similar here with Arthur where, just to talk about it, he makes up an excuse about having to go on an, an urgent errand for guys to get vital supplies. And Arthur is so disappointed immediately. And I don't know if hurt, maybe, too, because he's just always had Merlin by his side. side. But then he says this thing about, you know, it's fine, I understand. But, you know, all those jokes about you being a coward, I never really meant to any of them. I always thought you were the bravest man I ever met. And there, they got me tearing up. Ooh. Arthur's tearing up. This feels like this is such a serious thing. This is the acknowledgement of like, you know, I've been bullshitting you for five seasons, right? Like, you're my guy. Like, I I genuinely really respect you. And I think you were the bravest man I ever met. You don't know how to use a sword. You fall off your horse, all this stuff. But you always are, are at my side backing me up. And then the, I guess I was wrong. Ooh. That comes from Arthur. Holy fucking Devastating. shit. Devastating. And that just turned Devastating. It's like, I, I don't think Arthur fully means that, but I think that he's, he is really, he's disappointed and he's hurt that he thinks that Merlin is running away. But that's where I wish there could have been that communication between the two of them. I, hey, Arthur, I have something really important to do and I just, I can't, I can't talk about it. I will be back. I will, I will like come back and I will, I'll, I'll be there. But he doesn't do that. He, he just tells this lie and I, and because it's a lie. Arthur knows that he's lying and he doesn't know how else to interpret the lie. He doesn't think that Merlin's going on some epic quest. He just can only assume you're afraid and you're turning tail, which is a weird thing to assume considering he's never done it before. Yep. But he just knows that what Merlin is saying is a lie and doesn't know how to interpret that. And the pain that Arthur feels and the pain that we feel from Arthur and like the hurt that comes back towards Merlin like that, it just sucks. It's, 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 it's rough. I will say the, as much as I dislike the, characters having to lie to protect their secrets kind of trope at this point uh this this interaction is almost worth it like Mm -hmm. the the fact that he is so devastated and we're gonna check in on arthur throughout this episode and in almost every scene he is talking about merlin like merlin's in what he views as almost a desertion right like he knows that this is a lie he can see right through the lie so he knows there's something else going on but he can't figure out like what he else he would be doing. So it just looks like cowardice and he's so disappointed and it feels so wrong to him to believe that about his friend, to, to believe that about Merlin, that it's, it just makes, it just puts him off. Like, and any, he doesn't have time to process it. If they weren't going to war, you know, like if he had a time to sit and stew, maybe him and Gwen could have a nice talk and she would go, you know, 
he's probably whatever he's doing it's probably important and you just got to trust him and you go yeah you're right okay but there's no time for that he has to plan a war this is a do or die moment from both him for his people for his kingdom this is the, the fate of the world this is the balance as we're about to freaking learn here um so all he can think is my best friend is not coming with me why what why yep. what the hell is he pulling right now uh we we switch to the morning uh, where Arthur is saddling up and Gwen arrives and Gwen just says, Hey, I'm coming with you. And he's like, absolutely not. Like where I'm not putting my, my queen on the battlefield. And mm. she's like, I'm not going anywhere near the battlefield, but if you think I'm going to like ride out or going to sit here while you ride out and maybe, or maybe not come back home, you've got another thing coming. And I think this yeah. is maybe what you were referring to when you were talking about Gwen kind of becoming queenly. Like this feels like her settling into that role of, no, I am your partner in all things. Like yeah. I am, I am not just going to kind of like watch. You're not just going to write me out of this episode again and I'll wait. <laughs> back at Camelot while you go and do the rest of the plot like I, she's going to be there I feel like she maybe like Angel Colby was just like you were not filming me looking through the fucking curtains again you're just yeah, not so gonna do like, it alright well they already had the camera set up so they're like uh, 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 let's put Ira up there put the yeah. put the other girl up there she'll watch Merlin and, and Gwen right away I guess <laughs> from the window like we got we needed one more we needed, uh, window, Camelot window shot um Ira, of course, uh, is revealed to be a trickster because uh, she has gone into the woods to tell Morgana and Mordred everything about King Arthur's plans that uh, Gwen told him because Gwen cannot stop talking in the bedroom. Uh, mm-hmm. And they pay her off. And as she's leaving, she kind of stops and she's like, oh, by the way, and mentions the Valley of the Fallen Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. And Morgana is, I think, freaked out. Like, what is he doing? What is Merlin going to do? And Mordred is like, you know, there was a rumor when I was a child that that's where the source of the magic is. And of course, Morgana's like, oh, yeah, he's he's going to go do some magic shit. Uh, so she's going to go chase after that whole plot line. Uh, and meanwhile, we waste no time where Gwen and Merlin have already arrived at the Valley of the Fallen Kings. We know that because there's a king that's like kind of falling down in the, in the yeah, entrance. Yeah. Um, I was absolutely convinced that Merlin was going to tell Gwen about his magic right here. Uh-huh. 100%. I, just, I, I just thought it was going to happen because like there's this... They get attacked, and Merlin, uncharacteristically, I think, it, it, even Gwen, even in front of Gwen, like just screams in terror. Uh, and he's so helpless, you know. He feel it's like it probably feels like his hands got chopped off. He can't do anything. Yeah, and and Gwen like takes him out or whatever. And I just I just really assumed that he was like, okay, you're gonna come in here with me. And you're gonna see some weird shit, but I need you to trust me. Uh, and of yeah. course. That doesn't happen. Um, instead, we get a quick shot of Morgana like chasing them, or, or running to, or riding towards the Valley of the Kings, and uh, and then Merlin just tells Gwen like, "You got to go back." Like, and he's like, "You brought me here to make sure you were safe." And Merlin's like, "As soon as I find what I'm looking for, I will be perfectly safe." Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, he just says, "Hey, Gwen, you got to trust me." And Gwen's like, "All right, bro, no problem. Here's my sword. <laughs> I'm just gonna leg it back to the to the battle." And he does. And the next yeah. scene, he's like back at the battle, which I find very funny. But, but they, yeah, he's just, you know, I can't tell you. You just got to trust me. They, he gives him a sword. They clasp hands. Yep. And then there's like, there's tears in in Gwen's eyes. He he doesn't know what the hell Merlin is doing. He came out here not knowing what Merlin was doing, but he has enough faith in him. To know, I get Arthur can't see it. Arthur's too close to it to to see if Merlin is acting weird. If Merlin's doing something, there must be a good reason. Arthur's way too close to the situation. All he can feel is the pain of abandonment. 
Gwen is a little bit further back from that. So he he can, I think, look at it a little bit more calmly and see, I, I do have this history with Merlin. I have this trust with him. We've been through our own adventures before I was a knight. And he always had my back then. If he's up to something here, if he can't, says he can't tell me, I got to just roll with it. I got to just trust him on this. Uh, and he does. But the look of with tears in his eyes, it makes it seem like this is the last time these two are ever going to meet. I don't know that. But that's, I don't know, something about it. Gwen just, he had that look on his face. Like, what? I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, let's let's just really shake on this you know because this might be our last time together i don't know if that's true but there there's there's some energy to this i'm a i'm also i was thinking about this today as i was watching this episode that we you know, we're 64 episodes into the show and everyone that knows about merlin's magic has either died or become his enemy um, mm-hmm. With the exception of Gaius, who is just ever who is humanity's enemy, so that doesn't really sure, count. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but it's I, I feel like there's something. The thing that I I am craving from the show the most is to give Merlin some sort of foundation and some camaraderie. And we had that with Lancelot for a couple of episodes. Like Lancelot knew about his magic and accepted him and swore to keep his secret. Right? Like that and was they always got to share share a look, share you know? a look or a laugh. Yeah, and I'm, it was, it was I'm a just, really good dynamic. You know, yeah. Lancelot knows Merlin. He's here and he's got he's got a role to play we all just got to do our parts as well but yeah having that again with Gwen would be great but then what do you do you say hey Gwen, i've got magic how, how, Gwen doesn't know how to react to that Gwen, we don't know what his history he just hates morgana obviously he doesn't he doesn't know how he's supposed to feel about uh merlin having magic but then merlin also be like but i can't show you right now <laughs> and then he just goes back and he joins up with arthur he's like i don't know merlin's talking all this weird shit you know I think um, I, I really, I, really wanted him to tell Gwen, but I guess yeah. I understand why he didn't. I, I, I think that, and this could be just me projecting, but like Gwen seems like one of those dudes who isn't. He's not a letter of the law. He's more of a spirit of the law kind of guy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you, if if Merlin revealed like, hey, I've got magic, um, and it's Morgana has taken away from me, and I'm I'm here to get it back so that I can protect Arthur, uh, Gwen would be like, I'm absolutely not leaving. Like I am going to protect yeah, you yeah, while yeah. you do this because obviously you have done this the entire time. Um, like regardless if it's against the law or not, like I've seen you be there for Arthur. I know that your heart is true kind of situation. Uh, but also Gwen just like boned down with the grieving widow that was also a spy. So who knows what that dude's like he's personality. Not about <laughs> he's character. really not worried Not about the best it. judge of character. You know, he just kind of goes <laughs> along with whatever's happening. So can't really. <laughs> uh, Merlin enters the cave. And very quickly begins to hear Morgana's voice. Uh, we have one of these like kind of lingering scenes where she's talking from all corners of the room. And eventually uh, he taunts her enough so that she reveals himself. Uh, and I like this because he immediately slashes at her with her with his sword. Like there is no like hesitation. There's no, you have to let me do this. She just shows up. He turns around, immediately slashes. It looks like he got a wound off on her. But it mm. feels like she's almost pretending because she backs away and then she collapses the cave with him inside. Yeah, um, trapping I him. I am glad that we got. First of all, I didn't know if she was even real <laughs> for a minute there. I yeah. thought is she magic know, cave shit, manipulating man. something? Is the cave fucking with it? Like what's going on here? No, that's really Morgana, and I like that he has the bravery to stand up to her, knowing how powerful she is, despite not having his own magic. I wanted him to have some sort of a challenge to face where he couldn't use his magic, which we got a little bit of that back at some point where he was like magic sick from other spirits that have been let out of the, whatever it was. Um, 
So I'm, but I'm glad that he had some sort of a confrontation where he couldn't use his magic. Not that I need Merlin to solve his problems with a sword, but just for him to stand up to her and do something, even though he feels so powerless. You know, it just it backs him up a little bit. He he truly believes still in this destiny, even if he is starting to lose a little faith in himself. Uh, he's trapped in the cage or in the cage. Sorry, in the cave. Uh, we switch back to Leon and Percival. Borgata's just like, all right, all in a day's work. <laughs> See you later. Also, revenge for all the times you've dropped giant stones on my head. <laughs> gotcha. How does this feel, Emrys? Uh, Leon and Percival are spying on the advancing army, realizing that they are drastically outnumbered. They thought that they were like maybe two to one, but it turns out five to one. Yeah, this uh, is bad. Oh, but- real quick, back to, to Morgana and Merlin. Mm-hmm. I wanted a little bit more from them. Where Morgana is finally face to face with this person who she's known for a very long time. They were friends at a certain point, but instead she's like, "Wow, who would have suspected the the servant? You know, oh, he was a magician all along. Okay, that's it. Anyway, gotta drop some rocks on you. Okay, back to the boys. Uh, well, we we jump back here because Merlin wakes up oh. in this cave, uh, <laughs> and he scrabbles at the entrance for these rocks, trying to trying to loosen anything, but he's just dropping rocks on his face, and finally he just falls down crying and lets out this anguished no uh, yell mm-hmm. that's just it's just heartrending to watch. Uh, meanwhile, the knights are preparing for combat, and Gaius and. Gwen are, you know, creating, making bandages. They're crafting. You're doing their crafting craft, before. They're crafting. Yeah. yeah they're crafting. Uh, hold R2 for crafting supplies. And then Arthur confronts Gaius uh, and mentions the vital supplies. And of course, Gaius at first is like, uh? And then realizes yeah, this. Like, he's like, well, I mean, Merle is at the tavern. Yeah. Um. This is the, <laughs> this was the cover. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, I have to have these. You know, I can't, I can't treat the injured without my supplies. And Arthur's like, yeah, just you know, just be nice if our, if Merlin was was here and he walks off and Gwen is like, he doesn't believe you and neither do I, homie. Like, what is going mm-hmm. on? Is there something else, something that he feels like he doesn't feel like he can talk about? And Gaius is like, yeah, absolutely, there is, but I, I, it's important for everybody that I, I can't tell you. Um, and I'm really surprised that Gwen accepted this. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on. So like, what is a servant yeah, there's doing? There's a lot going on. Again, yeah. Gwen is one step further away than it from it than Arthur is. Um. She's there. Arthur and Merlin are, are way closer than anyone wants or yeah. either of them ever wants to admit. Would you call um, them, Chris, would you call Arthur and Merlin tuck buddies? They're tuck buddies, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're tuck buddies. Um, <laughs> and that's a bond that can't really be replicated in any other way. You only really get one tuck buddy your whole life. Um, Agreed. And and that's that's a special bond. And being that close to it again I, that's that's kind of my rationale as we talk through it arthur is so close to the situation to this friendship to the bond that they have that he can't he can't see think about it in any other way again he's also got a lot on his plate gwen and Gwen are a step further back they can think about it and to me this is further proof that even though the show has sometimes forgotten this this is further proof that Merlin has made great friends and these people do care about him. And, and maybe because there's a servant who's gotten kicked down the road a little bit, but he, he does matter to people. And there's a small part of me that the show doesn't really provide much evidence for this that wonders if, if Gwen or Gwen maybe doesn't suspect something. There's just been so many little things over the years that I wonder if they've just always thought there's something going on with, with Merlin and Arthur despite saying just a, a little while ago you were the i thought you were the bravest man in the world he 
in a way, has always underestimated Merlin more than anybody else. Even though perhaps he respects him the most, cares about him the most, he maybe underestimates him a little bit. Um, and so he maybe would never suspect anything. But maybe, could Gwen? I don't know. And I don't think the show is necessarily trying to say that Gwen suspects something. She's just offering her trust where Arthur is unable to right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also the way of looking at this where Merlin is, where Gwen is just like, he's a servant. What could he possibly do? <laughs> Who gives Who a cares? Shit? We're about to fight for our lives. Like, I don't care what Merlin is as doing. As she's like getting a manicure in one hand. Yeah. Just like, who gives <laughs> a shit? Says, he's a fucking servant. At least I get to have sex with my husband tonight because he won't be there. Um, I, yeah. It all comes back to Merlin. It does. He's not here to take my man. <laughs> it all comes back. How, how prescient were we? Wow. Um... <laughs> Where are we? We go back to Merlin, who spots some light in the cave and begins to climb climb towards it. Um, he gets on the other side, stumbles, and then just kind of passes out. I thought this light was going to be the blue alien. Yep. From the beginning of the season. I know. I know, man. I'm. What's going on with that blue alien? What's happening with the blue alien? I mean, I that blue alien isn't here. <laughs> what? I even thought when, when we see Merlin's dad in a minute, I thought... This is this is a blue alien is manifesting as Berlin's dad, but I never got to see that blue alien again. And there's one episode left, so I still could, still could. You got 45 minutes of screen time left for and blue I think, alien. Was that thing supposed to be Arthur's bane? I don't know. It's a keeper of all knowledge. Keeper of all knowledge. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Let me see that blue alien. Meanwhile, Arthur is uh, leading his knights to the past that they're going to confront Morgani's army. Uh, and there's these like really dramatic shots of what is just like some rocks and a path and some mountains. Uh, and Ar- they did what they could. Arthur is very emotional about this. Like he's very he's very charged about this uh, because he says, you know, this is it. it um, this is it. This is Camelon. The fate of the kingdom will be uh, decided here. Uh, he orders the camp to be made and say that they're going to ambush the army. And he looks over at Leon, his his right-hand band, and says, it ends here. Life or death, it ends here. Uh, like I like that Arthur is kind of, at this moment, like accepting the responsibility for all of this, realizing like mm-hmm. if I don't kill Morgana, it, if I don't stop her it, in some way, then I'm going to lose Camelot. Camelot's not going to exist anymore. And accepting yeah. that fully as a personal responsibility. Like that feels like something that Arthur, Arthur would do. Yeah. Um, this is, as you said, it's charged, it's building up and it it lends more to why Arthur can't just go like, I, I trust Marilyn. I know he's up to, cause he's just, this is where he's at. He's at a do or die moment. This is, He's been here many times before. He's, he's you know, laughed in the face of death countless times. Um, or he's faced up even when he was afraid. That's just who he is. That's the kind of man he is. But here, it's still different. This is the battle to end all battles. This is the the, the fate of Camel. This is the duel of the fates. I'm going to be real. Duel of the fates. Absolutely. And they, the fact that they pulled that, they started playing the John Williams score, that was some, that, that was an un, unexpected surprise. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, Star Wars. It's it's good stuff. Anyway, so so we hear back in the cave. We hear the voice of Balinor. This is Merlin's father. And in this scene, while these two actors speak to each other, I realized that in the television show The Fall, um, they are both interested romantically in uh, Gillian Anderson's character. And in here, they play father and son. <laughs> really. Yes. That's okay. Cool. I'm looking at this guy going, where do I know you from? I know you're in Merlin, but what if, oh, I've seen you in the fall. Oh, wait a second. Uh-oh. You both have the hearts for the same woman. Whoops. Um, <laughs> classic father-son activity. Um, so yeah, his dad's there. 
and Merlin is like, are you are you real? And his dad's like, that's an unimportant question. Like, dead or alive, yeah, I'm a past or present. What do you like, think? That's exactly what I have in my notes. Like, he just force ghost appears. Uh, but yeah, he's like, that. that's not really uh, of any kind of consequence. He what has- I'm getting from all of this is that um, as somebody with magic, you are part of magic even when your body is gone. So... I don't know if it's supposed to be his soul exists here, but it's just his essence. Sort of, can can it's just it goes on. You go on without without life as you know it because you are you have magic. You are of the earth and all this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, and he he explains a lot of it. Like he talks for a while. He says it like he says like the same thing like eight times in a row. Yeah. Each time he says a new thing. Um, and the, I think the key thing to take away from this is Merlin is close to giving up hope he says you know the yeah. battle is already over what hope is there without my magic and that's when the dad goes into the earth sea and sky magic is the fabric of of the world and you are of magic you cannot lose what you are uh mm-hmm. and you have to believe in yourself you have to believe into and i was really confused at this scene because he says merlin you have to believe what you've always known to be true that you are and you always will be and then merlin says something and i have no idea what it was <laughs> i yeah, couldn't i don't know couldn't tell I didn't write it down either um but at the end of it, he says, Merlin, you just you just got to go to sleep. And when you wake up, you'll, you'll be ready to rock. Uh, meanwhile, we see Mordred and his new threads uh, rolling up with a bunch of gnarly looking army dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. Arthur is brooding in the camp uh, in his little, in his tent when Arthur arrives, excuse me, when Gwen arrives. And he's uh, obviously worried that he's made the, the wrong choice here. And she reassures him and says, I've never doubted once that this was the right way to go. Like you were protecting, you know, your people. And that's what they want you to do. Um and he has a really great line here, which is, if you do not doubt me, Guinevere, then I do not doubt myself. Uh, and it's, this is just like kind of heartrending and emotional. <laughs> and you can tell Sometimes she's like, Arth- Arthur's self-doubt has been a huge aspect of this show. Um, but, and sometimes it feels like they haven't had time to, to focus on these two and their bond because Merlin's talking to men every night. So this is, I think this, it boils down to that right there. If you believe in me, how could I not believe in myself? You know, that's she's his backbone in many ways. She's been this thing that's that's kept him through all the the trials that he's gone through since they got back together. She's she's been his, you know, his guiding light, I guess. And um he just confirms that here and now. Yep. Uh they go to bed. Uh meanwhile, Mordred visits Morgana. They have found a secret pass through the mountains, and they're going to send a hundred soldiers that way. That uh, Mordred is going to pick out personally. Uh, this is the the whole the whole reason for this. They spend a lot of time talking about the kind of strategic uh, way that Arthur is approaching this battle. He wanted them in this narrow pass to kind of even the numbers out. So with the, mm-hmm. with the idea that three men can hold, you know, hold off a hundred, right. Because you can only fight for some, you can only have so much room to fight uh, right. with this flanking maneuver. This could devastate Arthur's forces. So, uh Oh, that's bad. Uh, Very bad. Meanwhile, Merlin wakes up. Uh, and his magic is back. He summons a butterfly, uh, and he's very, very happy. And then his happiness is extremely short-lived because he starts looking around at these crystals. Uh, we saw this a long, long time ago, where he's he could see into these crystals and see the future, mm. and and this time he's seeing the present. So we see Mordred leading the forces along the secret pass. Uh, he sees like images of war and terror and like everything's so fast you can't even really kind of process it and then it settles on arthur in bed with gwen and he begins to speak to arthur saying that he's sorry he had to leave uh he tells arthur about the secret pass and that he has to go find it find the path find the path 
Um, and Arthur wakes up and is like, Merlin. And Gwen's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> really? You've got to I just fucked you until you went me. to sleep and you woke up with Merlin's name on your lips? Excuse you me? you got to Merlin. <laughs> I gave you the last night of your fucking life and you just woke up with Merlin's name on your fucking lips? Are you serious? Oh my God. This is, dude, he talks about you in his sleep. It's in the it's song, It's in the man. song. <laughs> Our, can't get did, away from it, How did man. we predict this five, a year ago? How did we predict this? I had never even seen this episode. Uh, um, so good. Uh, but he heard he heard Merlin's voice. She's like, hey, you were dreaming. What's going on? And he's like, no, no, no. I heard Mer- Merlin's voice, and that did not feel like a dream. And he jumps out of bed, and he he runs, and he gathers everybody. He's like, Morgana is going to uh, – she's going to attack tonight. This is happening. He orders Percival and Gwen to go patrol and find any hidden paths that they didn't find before. Percival leads them on again. He's the guy who knows these mountains. Um and then we're led into his big Aragorn speech. This is this is his tonight we do battle speech. Ooh, and this um, this the music too, by the way. Just to the r- music before. is, oh is my great. God. I haven't heard he this song at all. He's killing it. This is King Arthur. You know, um, he says tonight. You know, tonight we do a battle. Tonight we end this war. War that is as old as the land itself. A war against greed and tyranny and spite. Some will live, some will die, but they will fight with honor and pride. Blah blah blah. All that good stuff, but. They will fight for the future of Camelot, for the future of Albion, and then name drop for the future of the United Kingdoms. We, hey, we, we have that. We have that. <laughs> we have some we of, have those. One of those. Yeah, yeah. We got we got some of those. It's, it's maybe less united. A little than bit less. Yeah. <laughs> but some some people are maybe not wanting to be united anymore. Like there's some there's some push and pull there. Arthur wanted them to be united, and I stand with him. Um but for the love of Camelot. That's as that's he raises he... Excalibur for the love of Camelot. Mm-hmm. Just chills all yeah. the way down my body. I love it so much. Uh and Merlin is watching this from his cave. Like he's he's seeing this live uh via the internet. Yeah. Um he and then his and then the dad shows up. And the dad says, uh, your journey has only just begun. You wield a power that you cannot conceive of. Only in the heart of the cave will your true self be revealed. Uh, and Merlin like kind of braces himself, and he's about to walk into the light where he says, and then he says, goodbye, father. And his dad's like, there are no goodbyes, Emerus, for I will always be as you will always be. And Merlin's like, can you... You could have just said like goodbye. Like I didn't. I didn't please, need a fucking yeah, just stanza. Say, yeah. <laughs> I didn't need a poem to go along with this. Like I, I got a lot going on. I don't have time for riddles. I'll be honest. Uh, There's a lot on my plate. The intensity is wrapping up as these two armies face one another. Uh, the the evil side. I thought is... around here I checked the time and I thought, oh well, damn it! Like I guess the episode's going to end yeah. in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that we had one last uh, bang. In one store. last <laughs> one last uh, fight scene that we have to get through. Uh, they they face off with one another. Morgan. Anna's watching from kind of on high. Arthur, of course, leading she's his... Basically, she's got the same vibe as when she stood behind a curtain. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. There's no curtains mm-hmm. up there. She's just up on a cliff, but it's the same vibe. And she's representing that from, from the cradles of the grave. The uh, They attack. Uh, this is, uh, I think, probably the best uh, you could reasonably expect a TV show with this budget to do. I think it looks yeah, great. Right. Uh, I think if you... It's really difficult to compare like melee fight scenes to anything now that Game of Thrones it's kind of came along and like oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is kind of the standard now unfortunately uh, but this is good and as we get these shots of Arthur fighting kind of one on one in slow mo those are really fucking good I love the slow mo I was Dude. like let's just give him one last <laughs> round, one kidding. big last fight scene uh, uh, we've and, done that a couple times actually we've gotten this from Morgana as well yeah but, mm-hmm. um. I just thought I just thought this was sick. I was like, "Hell fucking yeah, let's go! That's King Arthur right there, kicking some ass." We see, and then uh, they cut over to Mordred, who's 
just like marching through the crowd way more deliberate now he's not the greatest knight of all time but he's gotten plenty of training in camelot um and now he's got this magic sword essentially this dragon forged steel like this is some good shit so he's just cutting people down making his way forward uh and morgana just watches from on high smiling meanwhile uh we go back to the cave and we see it blasted open from the inside as this and who emerges from the dust and the rubble and the smoke but dragoon <laughs> i could not believe it i know we saw him in the in like morgana's vision or whatever i knew i should have known should have known but when he just Woo. busts i'm like here we go here's here we merlin fucking here's go. swole patrol merlin but then it's fucking dragoon it's fucking it's dragoon, man what in the world and that's where the episode ends we, we get the merlin oh. and then the next episode preview we see uh arthur looking defeated we see gwen on the fucking throne we see morgana on her throne all like almost like she's hung on it or something dragoon on a battlefield and then we have the voiceover where you hear in merlin's voice i am a sorcerer i have magic and you don't know who he's talking to and it's fucking lit dude we are uh. we are here and this fucking rules this is so good i'm so happy to be here that's just we're just absolutely fantastic <sighs> i <laughs> you were like i don't want to do I'm this podcast watch it as soon as we finish recording i'm i'm gonna go watch that episode um wow i started the show in 2020 we are recording this in 2023 uh, obviously restarted it to, for the podcast, but it's it's been three years, which is almost as long as the show was on. So yeah. I feel like like a real fan. Yeah, you uh, you, have, you have persevered through the whole thing. Uh, this episode, I think, is just glorious. Like I, I have I have very little. I am so excited to to this fantastic episode. Um, it does make me wonder, you know, is Merlin still not planning? Obviously, we heard the voiceover, but is Merlin still not planning to reveal himself? Is he? He's gonna show up as Dragoon and just start doing magic out in the open, and no one will know it's him. Is he still trying to hide that? Se- I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I love it, dude. I don't even want to say. I'm anything. gonna find out in about 15 minutes. I don't so. even want to say anything because it's it's just it's here. We're, I just can keep my mouth shut because I know a lot of stuff about what happens, but it's gonna be so exciting to revisit it. I'm I'm just what a great show this is. Like how much what fun is, is this? Uh, I I. Mm. Everything I want to say is about the end of the series, so I guess we should probably just cut it here and just be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We very much appreciate it. As we approach the end of this podcast, uh, after we cover the finale, we've got a special guest lined up that we're going to bring on to uh, do some feedback with us. If you want to share your feedback, monsteroftheweekpodcast at gmail.com is the address. Uh, you can also uh, DM us on Twitter at either one of the Twitter handles that are on the sh- in the show notes. You can uh, DM me on Discord or send us a message on Patreon or send me an ask on Tumblr or hit me up on LinkedIn. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> All of that stuff is on the t- on the table. We, we desperately want to hear your feedback uh, about Merlin, the TV show, as well as Still His Kingdom Keeps, the podcast. Um, as far as what we have planned after this, uh, we are going to return to our Monster of the Week roots and we're going to go back and finish our coverage of the Winchesters. The I don't know if you know this, Chris. The recently canceled, and, yeah. and it seems like it's been officially canceled. But not, we'll go back and finish season one. They uh they had three opportunities. There were three studios looking at it, and I guess none of them could make it happen, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and I was I was kind of because Warner Brothers, um, who ultimately owns this property, uh, also owns uh, Max, the new streaming service from HBO yeah. Max and everything. Yeah. And there was a possibility it would end up over there. And I was like, we're going to 
we're going to let the Winchesters say fuck, and I'm going to be excited about it, uh, but unfortunately not. So we're going to finish the season on our old Monster of the Week podcast feed, and uh, we might return to this one for some, some Merlin activities. You never know, but just look forward to future announcements. I've been talking for a long time. Chris, say goodbye to all of the nice people. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. same time I know. discord was taking its sweet sweet time i'm taking my time i think just trying to digest everything that i just witnessed that was an episode of merlin that was yeah it's it's they were like oh yeah we only have one episode left we should probably yeah. fix this that was the episode of merlin <laughs> um damn it it's, I, like, I think I'm just gonna watch the second half as soon as we finish. You got, you gotta, man. You absolutely have to. I'll do the same. I'll, I'll, I'll crack open a beer and then uh, do that because I'm kind of in a chill situation. Autumn's gone till Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if I told you this. She has a hell week this week, so she's in New York until Wednesday. She gets home at 10 o'clock Wednesday night, and then we leave at 6 a.m. to go to Portland, Damn. Oregon. So she's doing like three coast in three days, essentially. That's so. a lot. Of, that's a lot of airports. Yeah, it's it's a lot of airports, um, so it'll be it'll be exciting. Portland should be fun though. We're gonna I think we're gonna have a good time. So and you're just there for for leisure, right? You don't have to like perform or anything. No performing. There's a there's a social event um, yeah, that I have a, cool. a, a you know modest amount of anxiety about. Uh, but other than that, I'm, sure, uh, sure, totally fine. In that situation where I'm just like, what, what do I wear? <laughs> I need yeah. clothes. I don't have clothes. I have yeah. clothes to sit yeah. at my house. That's the clothes that I have. And you don't know what the weather's gonna be like. It was. 90 degrees here on Thursday and Friday, and today I think it's in the 40s. I don't know what's going on. I, that's that's insane. I haven't even looked at the weather. <laughs> I think it rains a lot in Portland. Oregon I don't know. weather forecast. It's, it's Jeremy, I sprained my ankle. <laughs> oh, it's 90 degrees this week in Portland. This is going to be fucking miserable. Yikes. They don't have Yikes. air conditioners up there. How did you sprain your ankle, Chris? Tell me more. Walking in heels. Um, okay. We had a, we had like a work lunch where like everybody it was is, coming in. It is pride so I just month. Thought, so. I thought I'd get uh, I get dressed up a little bit and I wore my fancy boots and <laughs> took a took a little walk in the morning with my old pal Steve and uh, we're crossing the street just you know walking slowly talking about video games or whatever and then a car comes like barreling over the hill so I, we suddenly had to pick up the pace and I just like wasn't prepared for it so I picked up the pace took a step down on my heel and just completely like three sixty that motherfucker. Oof. Um, the weirdest thing was like I was in the middle of a sentence, whatever we were talking about, and in the middle of the sentence I start going like, "Oh yeah, so I'm in the middle of a sentence." Okay, all right, hold on, all right, all right, I'm good, I'm good. That was it, that was it. Like I like cu- the pain caught me for a second. I slowed down for a second, and then I was fine. And I, we continued our walk. I went inside, was fine. We went to lunch about f- three, four hours later, and. I stood in line to get my food, went to sit down, got back up to get a drink. And when I, in between somehow standing in line once and then the second time, I was like, holy fucking shit, I can't stand on my ankle. 
and oh, just throughout geez. the day, I guess. The, and I don't know if it's an actual sprain. I think it's just easiest to call it that. Uh, it got so swollen and bruised that I just couldn't walk on it. Um, and now I can walk on it, but it hurts very much. I got a little uh, ankle brace on it, locked in tight, keeping it all together. Nice. Um, but you don't realize how much you use your damn ankles. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, you use your ankles a lot. Although I have to say, if... Um if there's ever like a gamer's injury, it's the inability to right, walk. Because right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not your hands, you know, it's not your head, it's not your eyes, it's, it's not your ears. So many little so. things that I I don't realize I do. Um, like I always cross my right foot over my left foot when I put my feet up, but I can't do that. That'll get I you. tend to sleep on my left side. Can't do that because well, I can, but I shouldn't do that because then I'm putting my weight all on my left ankle, which is the one I hurt. Um, and every yeah, whenever I get up, I tend to you know I swing my legs up out of bed or something. I put my left foot down first, and it um is is ouchy ouch not feel not feel good on me. But it's fine. It'll be it'll probably be better in like two days, um unless I've you know damaged it for life. Who can uh, say? Who can say? You're at that age, Chris. I don't know. I'm I don't, at I don't that wanna, age. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to bring you down. But you're at that age. So. Yeah. But I, unfortunately, in that same conversation that I sprained my ankle in, uh, Steve convinced me to buy Street Fighter Six because he's so what? into it right now. He was like, "Just get it, Chris. Get it. So I, find, I got it, Chris. Um, what yeah. are you doing? You're not a fighter. You're not a, an FGC mm-hmm. guy. You're mm-hmm. not a fighter mm-hmm. game community mm-hmm. boy." I'm so intimidated by this game. There's the classic input settings, and then they have a modern input setting, which makes mm-hmm. the game like easy mode. Uh, I think you just can't really like compete at a high level using easy mode because you'll get wasted. But I don't care. I'm not going to play online because it turns out that there's like a fucking 40-hour solo story mode. Yeah, they put like an cr- open-world game in that somehow, yeah. right? Like they, they did the... Like I remember when they rebooted Mortal Kombat like a decade yeah. ago. Like they put a story mode in there that was like, for whatever reason, extremely good. <laughs> like surprisingly <laughs> great uh, as story modes go. And like ever since then, I feel like fighting games have just been chasing chasing it. And yeah, I heard that they did that on Street Fighter Six. It's it's weird because I don't really have any history with Street Fighter. I played it as a little kid, but I didn't really ever, I was, I was not a Street Fighter guy. I liked um, like Soul Calibur. I liked other types of fighters, but uh, Street Fighter wasn't really my jam. Uh, I don't know, but this is actually pretty fun, and I don't know how much time I'll put into it. I spent the fucking 60 bucks or whatever on it, so I feel like I have to put the time in, but um, you just run around, you do little missions for people, and there's different challenges. You get attacked by random thugs, like you're playing Yakuza, mm-hmm. um, and it's just just battles. You like unlock new special moves and stuff, and I, I could imagine that it gets tedious after a while, but I think I've played about four hours of it, and I've increasingly been having a lot of fun. Just a great time. Um, when a game just gets better the more you play it, that's a pretty good sign. But it's got to wait and see if there's like a, a cutoff point. Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, there is no cutoff point, I don't think. I feel like every hour that I played that game, the game got better to play. I don't know if you feel the same way. Because now you're, you're way past where I would have. You've done so much more than I did in Tears of the Kingdom. But does, do, you, do you feel like it's still as fun or getting more fun to play? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm... Uh... I've only done so. The last time we talked, I had done two of the four, like like big, uh, mm. your one like your one big quest to do to go, you know, solve problems in the lands or whatever. There's four of those. I've done. I've now done three of them, um, and I have done. I've almost got the depths map completely cleared, as far Damn. as like like revealed, I guess. Um, yeah, but there's maybe like. I'd say less than twenty percent left, um, and it's getting easier and easier to to, to knock that stuff out because I, I'm I'm slowly but surely figuring out like oh, 
if I can't like, cause I, at first I was throwing myself at these problems. Like, Oh, I, I, I need to get there. There's this giant wall. I'm going to try to go around or whatever. But then I realized like, Oh no, no, what they're telling me is to go look up top and then find a yeah. way from t- the top to the bottom. Um, and the game just pointed me in a direction uh, for that and was like, Oh, there's, there's a hidden thing, a hidden chasm. And, um, and if that's just like throughout the game, I found two so far, one that the game, it just like, absolutely points you to and a second one which you can kind of like see just a little glimmer of the red on the map showing that there's some chasm oh. activity there um and if, but if there's more that are like because i think there's chasm points hidden in the caves that's gonna be a lot of fun to to like figure out right because yeah. like, there's yeah. oh hey there's a blank spot on my depths map let me go up top look around okay that's how i get back down to to clear out that um and if it's that hidden you know there's gonna be some good shit down there There should be some good stuff yeah i had a i got a map today and um you know all the tingle islands on the on the uh, east mm-hmm, side of the mm-hmm. map. So the map was for something in the the, the depths version of the tingle islands, whatever that is. Uh, so I went through that whole fucking process, and uh, the I think if I wasn't such a fan of Wind Waker, I would be a little disappointed at having put in the amount of work I did. But since I am such a massive fan of Wind Waker, I was like, excellent, thank you. I will take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I waxed the the Giga Clan. That's all done. I finished all that Good. quest. Good. Um, the that dude is the, the boss fight, which is what I was doing right when you were texting me earlier. I was I literally just like started the conversation with that dude. Um, I, I love those fights so much. They're so ridiculous mm-hmm. and funny and just great and cartoony in a way that Zelda... those feel like like very classic Zelda. Even though that's not I don't really think of I can't think of any other fights in older Zelda games like that. But for whatever reason, that just reminds me of classic Zelda. It feels it feels like they brought some like Mario humor into Zelda with that stuff, right? Yeah. Like it just feels yeah. it because it feels very much like like a like a like a shitty Bowser kind of kind of situation right um, right but it's it, 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 was, it was a lot of fun and I, as far as like the game getting good like I don't know man like I just discovered all the skydiving challenges and that was I su- never even I never even found those <laughs> super fucking fun I've heard dude. tell of these super fucking fun if you're like looking around the map and you see a um they look weird like it's like a spiral of blocks kind of leading I've up seen to the sky those, yeah so go to the bottom of that and then that will start a thing so you that you can figure out how to do your Okay. skydiving right. challenges um the other day i was like how have i not noticed this big island in the sky i just never i just didn't notice it like it's like, how do just i get a, over, how do i get over there so i teleported yeah. to like four different spots trying to figure out how to get over there eventually i create a created like a like a, a rocket plane <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> the rocket plane uh, expired halfway there so i yeah. had to float and then i i hit it on the side and i'm like i had no stamina uh food at all i had nothing to give me stamina wheels <clears throat> clawed all the way up my last bit of stamina i did the the the, the jump to the ledge mm-hmm. and managed to get mm-hmm. on and was like thank fucking god that's always the best <clears throat> feeling when you just you just finally managed to scrape by and then uh, i spent an inordinate amount of time going around this weird island uh, and jumping on stuff and crawling. I saw finally, and it took me forever, but I've managed to get to the very top. And I and I look down, and there's like obviously some shit going down below me, right? And I'm like, Ooh. but I, there's nothing I can do. Like I'm just done. Mm-hmm. And there's no shrine, so like I'm just thinking to myself, there's somebody who's going to tell me to go do something up here, and then I'm going to have to go do, to do all of this over again. And so I jump off. Uh, eventually I just get fed up. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go float over here for a little while, I guess. So I'm floating and as I'm circling back, I'm like, oh, there's the entrance right there at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I could just have started the thing. And then I did that whole thing and it's a really cool area. Like it's a, it's a really neat, like, I don't know. 
I, I don't I don't know if like the video game is ever going to tell me to go there. I'm sure at some point they will, but it was just like a oh here's a place where they do this stuff. This is real neat. What's it do, what's it doing in the sky? Um, yeah, yeah. I did all of the uh, shrine quest, uh, which is interesting if you're like really into the lore of this stuff like the history of of what's happening but i've been waiting for somebody to cook up some real good lore videos because now i'm like forget the spoilers like i'm ready to be you're ready to get into it yeah i need i need the body video of of zelda lore to to really start breaking some stuff down for me um but yeah so i'm just like i'm just like doing quests dude (laughs) i'm just like knocking stuff out how many what's your heart count at you're in the second row have you beefed up that second row yet? Yeah. So when I texted you a picture, I was only in the second row by by way of yellow hearts. Uh, so now I am full red hearts all the way across the top with uh, four additional red hearts at Hell the bottom. Yeah. So Hell I'm, yeah. I think that's 104 shrines, I think, that I I've think done. I think that is... Um... I either had three or four hearts on the on the final row when I when I finally mm-hmm. went, in, went in for the big cheese. Um, I only had two bars of stamina, though. I didn't go for. I haven't gone for a third bar of stamina. Oh, I I I, I mainlined. I did three bars of stamina before I ever gave myself a heart. I was good to like, have some stamina. Good to have yeah, some stamina. I got three three wheels of stamina, and I haven't upgraded. You can keep it yourself since. alive by other means, you know. But that stamina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's like? What's up? What, like, I have I carry fairies on me all the time. <laughs> fairies have saved my life so many fucking Dude, times. Dude, I didn't in even know I had four fairies on me, and I just never. I guess after the points of finding the first one, I never died in combat. I may have like fallen off of something. I don't know. Um. Because it wasn't until the final boss that I was like, oh, <laughs> that's right. I got fairies on me. They bring me back to life. That's very helpful. That's very funny. It, it surprises you, right? You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what just yeah. happened? I, I, I look like I was dead. I'm stocked up on these. <laughs> I, um, there's, I've been spending a lot of time upgrading armor. Um, yeah. That stuff is, is a real grind uh, just in general. Like you really... I feel, I feel like you just really want to pick and choose the stuff that you want upgraded, but it's worth doing everything to at least level two because it unlocks a bunch of stuff. Like if you have a set bonus assigned, like if an armor has a set bonus, it's unlocked at the second level of, of upgrading. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the stuff that you get, you get an outfit for skydiving and the set bonus for that, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil you, uh, is no, fa- no fall damage. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And it is so, so much fun to be just like hurtling down from the sky as fast as you can to try to get somewhere and then just splat, you're on the ground. Like yeah, no, yeah. no heart damage, no nothing. Just boop, you're done. And it's, it feels so, so satisfying. Hell yeah. They thought of everything. That's like when they added the parachute to Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> I know. It doesn't get any better than this. I this, thought. This, this is great. <laughs> yeah. What if I had a, what if I had a giant spear that explodes? I, we got that yeah. too. Thank uh, you. It's, 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 it's. it's it's interesting. I, 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 I saw an article the other day uh, that's kind of bemoaning the the fact of like the weapon durability system, and they were kind of back again on that thing of like you know people defended this in Breath of the Wild and they doubled down on it here, and it just feels hateful and everything like that. And hateful. And I'm just like like I feel like I wouldn't be having as much fun. Like there are definitely times where I'm like shit. What do I do? Because I like mm-hmm. I, if I don't if you're not careful and you don't prepare for something you can get into a situation where like you just have shit weapons and you just are doing no damage right you can like they they like let you reload your weapons you can attach shit to them now yeah and they get way stronger and they last a little bit longer and that's the thing like i I feel like that the the options they give you are and 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 because of the way that the durability system works because of the fact that it it, shit just dies like i'll just pick up some random stuff and then Mm -hmm. just start using it and realize oh shit i love the halbert like what yeah. the fuck? This flurry rush combo thing is super good, and then all of the weapons have like unique little 
not all of them, but a lot of the weapons have unique little things about them. Like, you know, I got one that was like a water warrior and I feel like it doubled me, doubled my damage because I was wet at one point. Hell fucking yeah. And I, don't I, had, even, I don't even know that's a thing, but that I, sounds like yeah, a thing. I, I, I like, and I had it, um, I'd done one of the, cause you can fight, as you know, you can fight the bosses of the main game in like the depths, right? You can kind of find them just yeah, chilling yeah. down there, which is terrifying. The first few times. Very terrifying. <laughs> Super scary. I fought one and I just like, wasn't i guess speaking of breakable weapons i was not equipped to fight this thing but i was determined to so it took me like 25 minutes to fight it whittle this thing down and it was worth it i had fun doing it it was i mean that i fought that one today uh because you you mentioned the other day to me which which one it was and i fought that one today downstairs and it was it was a nightmare i don't i don't really like that boss fight i like that boss i don't like that boss fight if that makes sense. yeah no i feel you Um, once you start when you're in the goo i hate goo let me just say that so bad Fuck goo. Fuck goo, man. Uh, I tell you what really helps with that fight, though. A uh, little pro tip from you to me. Uh, drop a hydrant down and fuse it to your shield. Oh, great. That's great. That's great thinking. That's ingenuity. <laughs> then anytime you block, guess what? You're just spewing water Ooh. everywhere. And, yeah. it, and it feels great. Uh, and it chews through your shields, right? Like, pretty quick. But that's, right, right, that's right. no big deal. Who cares? Like, you get shields all the time. I don't know. I just, uh, I just, It's weird to me that... Uh, it's not weird because everybody has their thing, and I think it, the game is structured in such a way where like you can get really frustrated at mm-hmm. times with it. But to me, it's just like all of the interactivity and the, like it just feels like your character in the world. Like it just it just feels really really good. Uh, I, did, yeah. and I, I, I mean, maybe would it be better if if it didn't have breakable weapons? I don't know. But hateful seems like such a strong way to describe it. Yeah. When it is, it's just part of it. It's just part of the gameplay loop. It's survival horror in that way and mm-hmm. i know that people don't want to play survival horror zelda but i do um but <laughs> that's i mean it's essentially like you can run out of ammo in resident evil and you can have no no bullets and you're in trouble and you've got to scramble and zelda i've never felt like i was in that position in zelda where i was out of weapons and i was fucked the game just feels like it's always giving you a little something yeah um and well like and the yeah, cool I thing mean, is like whatever. if you're if you're clever like if you're in a group of enemies, right, and you run out of weapons, um, presumably you probably have an item, just a sack full of elemental like whatevers, yeah. like shock fruit or something. And if you if you throw something electric uh, at an enemy, they drop whatever they're holding, and you can go steal their weapon and yeah. beat them up with it. Like I do that That's, all the time. <laughs> my favorite thing was very early on when I was struggling with the combat a bit more, smacking something in the head, having my weapon shatter into a million pieces being like fuck i'm out of weapons immediately picking up the enemy's weapon because he just dropped it yeah. and then taking him down with that it was like feels a so good real man. triumphant moment that you don't get if everything works forever and i pick up a cool knight sword and i never have to worry about it again the uh the one thing that i did get fucked today with um is arrows and i, I think i said this on the last podcast of how i much buy I just, arrows every time i'm in town because i'm like i'm gonna dude, run I, out i'll I spend do, all I, my fucking money on this every any time that I, I just hadn't gone through like any kind of stables or yeah, towns yeah. or anything in a while so i'm in the depths and i'm i'm fighting it and it ends up being like a boss fight it's always down in there. the fucking depths it's always in the depths uh and the boss fight is a fucking boat based water boss fight <laughs> like and i'm <laughs> like so like i had to i had to just like very quickly like assemble something <laughs> so i could go i could then i had to, i figured out like if you're on a boat if you're driving a boat at another boat you can time it su- such where you hit b and you jump off and do a jumping attack onto the other boat um and it's it, it feels so fucking badass but you have to practice it because the first five times yeah. i just jumped over the other boat right into the water it didn't feel great at all <laughs> <laughs> oh the Lord. limitless game it's a limitless it, it, game. It, I mean, dude, it feels so fucking good. Like, it just feels so amazing. Um, I need to start playing it again. I got 
distracted because I went back and finally finished Dragon Quest. Um, and I don't want to spoil Dragon Quest, but the true ending really just, I think, is referencing an older Dragon Quest game. So the whole time I was like, I'm happy for you, but I don't know what's don't going know on. What's happening, yeah. <laughs> I had kind of heard that from somebody. Um, I had talked to somebody online about... Um, because like that that game famously ends and then it's like hey do you want to do a thing and i was like nope i'm good i do not i am happy with this story and i was talking to somebody else about it It was like oh man you gotta if you're a fan of like dragon quest 4 what i don't remember what number it was i was like dude i can barely remember what happened in my life when i was four like i have no details about that whatsoever um but what i think where we talked last time i don't think i'd beaten him when we talked last time um I had reached this this point and saved my game where I had to do three dungeons. And that is the exact point where, where I left off back in 2019, whenever this game came out. Um, 20, I don't fuck, it doesn't matter. Um, I left off there years ago. Was like, I think I'm good. I'm not going to continue playing this game. Got there again last week and was really feeling that same way. Like, I don't know if I want to. I Maybe five hours from the end of the game. At that point. <laughs> so all those years ago, I could have beat it. Now, I enjoyed my time replaying it. And I did kind of force myself through, you know, the back half a little bit because it does start to feel like I've been playing this game for too long. Unlike Zelda, where you want to play forever. Dragon Quest, I love this game. But at the same time, I'm like, okay. Just like I just kind of like either let give me stronger challenges so I can just do the gameplay part, but like I'm a little over the whole like here's another story section where you're gonna go here, talk to this person, run through the castle, talk to that person, fight one slime, and then run back and talk to somebody again. Um, it's not a text heavy game, but there's still some of that RPG stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's classic like JRPG nonsense in my mind. Yeah, just, yeah, like, just... I did the three dungeons, maybe maybe three hours tops. Um, got some cool new treasures. Went to go fight the final boss. Got my ass kicked. Went and grinded some metal slimes for like an hour and a half. Listened to a podcast. Hopped back in. Fought the final boss. Took care of it. Felt like a real, a real badass going in there. I, you know, mastered some new techniques along the way. Uh, then watched the ending, and boom, that was it. That I finally beat the game. Great done. game. Done. Diddly done. <laughs> I love it. I uh, so, um, now playing Street Fighter. I guess now you're playing Street Fighter. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I, f- I forgot that Dead Space remake came out, and I'm kind of feeling oh, yeah, like I need to play that too. I'm feeling like that that's going to be like my palate cleanser after Zelda because it's going to be it's going to play so dramatically different, like just yeah. from every from every aspect. Like I don't think that there's going to be really any similarities between Dead Space and, and, always, and uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Resident Evil Four remake. Um, yes, there is. There is. I'm like, I'm mm. Holding off on playing that for reasons, though. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just, I did, I did one thing I wanted to mention. I guess it's probably the last thing I'll mention about Tears of the Kingdom is the fucking story, man. You do, yeah. you do, do all those memories. Did you do all yeah. the memories? You did all the memories. I did all the memories. Oh, I my I, fucking I, I, I God, the game. dude. I think I saw all the story parts of, of the game. Dude, what the fuck? Yeah. It's so, yeah. it's, it's good. It makes you have a lot of feelings. And there was a particular music cue that happens. I think it's it. It just immediately made me cry. <laughs> oh, dude! I mean, it's it's so like I was tearing up in there in, in the living room, just watching everything that was going on. I was like, mm-hmm. I was so sad. And now I got like a if you do the all right. So we we've been like chatting casual spoilers with the Tears of the Kingdom, but like if you don't want any plot stuff firm, at all, firm plot spoilers ahead. I won't yeah. talk about the ending because I. Jeremy hasn't beaten it, but yeah, yeah. listener, be warned. Um, spoiler for all the memories and then the the shrine quest. Uh, but you get a thing where um, you get one of the, the shrines, and as it translates, it's like it's after Zelda did her thing to turn into the the Master Sword Dragon. Um, but it's I think it's not Sonya, but um, 
is it Mini Minamir or whatever the King's sister? The sister, yeah. Yeah, the sister is trying to figure out a way to take somebody's spirit back and put it in a body because that's like her powers. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, like, is this? Are we about to fucking resurrect Zelda for the final battle? Because it's classic <laughs> Zelda to have. It's classic yeah, yeah, Zelda yeah. to gameplay to get, to have Princess Zelda in the final battle doing some shit. And like, yeah. I just I can't. Oh man, I wish yeah, I had. Does she? Does she show up in twi- at the end of Twilight Princess? Not uh, to spoil Twilight. I don't. I, I remember. So the last boss fight of Twilight Princess so well, but nothing surrounding it. I remember very little of the game, just that last boss fight, because I remember getting there being 16, and just like, it's midnight in the middle of winter, and I'm using my Wiimote up in my up in my attic at my old house, <laughs> just standing there shivering, fighting Ganon with the sword, and thinking it was the coolest boss fight of all time, but I remember <laughs> nothing else from that fucking game. I, um... I remember the the cool boss fight where you have like the what's what's your like gear item that you have or whatever where you like spin around on the little gear things and you just zoom oh, around yes, like yes, a surfboard. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, all that shit was very very cool. I'm sure she has to be in that game, but I just don't remember. I don't remember. She's yeah. in she's in Breath of the Wild, right? She's definitely Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can't. I I won't talk anymore. Okay. Well, we'll 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 reconvene on Tuesday. I might. Yeah. Autumn's out of town. I've got all day today. I got. Mm. Uh, I have a bunch of shit I got to do tomorrow. It's a work day. Uh, but then tomorrow night, free. Mm. Uh, so maybe, maybe I'll just mainline. But I feel like if I go do mainline quest stuff, I'll be like, okay, I'm done. Take it with at the your game. own pace. I will be here. Yeah, I know. we can discuss it. We can maybe we'll we can do a little fun it. episode about it. But take your time. Don't ruin it for yourself. Let's talk about Merlin. Let's talk about Merlin. I don't even have my notes up. I didn't. There we go. Wow, Merlin. Merlin, 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 I'm Like he's like a time traveler. I don't. Not that I'm saying time travel is going to be tomorrow, but I feel like there's going to be something like that. There's going to be some like ageless, timeless shit going on here, and I will just wait and see. Or it could be wrong. Merlin could get a fucking bullet to the dome, and that'll be that. <laughs> that would be some time traveling shit. 